Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 254 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Commander Phoenix Sophia, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me at the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Sovereign. What up? We have our Lavian Space Program Director, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening, everyone. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello, Colin. Yes? Have you got your movie trailer voice on? Because it sounds extra gravelly and light, kind of. <laughs> yes. In a world. No, <laughs> <laughs> I do not. However, I am having to take... Um, uh, special drinks for the moment. <clears throat> and also, last, we have Commander Edelweiss, Head of Health and Safety. That's Commander, that's Ben Moss Woodward. So, Colin, can you tell us why you haven't told us the, sh- the title for this week's show? If you wish, you can join us live. We're hanging out in-game, in open at the Orange Sidewinder Bar near the planet Lave. Sean, what is today's totalizer? Has it rolled over from last week? Yes, yes, it has rolled over. Uh, it was, I think it was 15, uh, it was 15 tons of Void Opals last week. So, so uh, it's up at 20 now, is it? 20, yep, yep. Okay, so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there is a 20-ton a bounty out on a certain member of the, of the crew. In that case, then, tonight's show is definitely being called... Uh, if you cannot get in-game, you can also join us in the Twitch chat channel, <laughs> which you can access through liveradio.com slash live. And clicking on live chat, and also on Twitch TV slash live radio. So we'll go around the crew and uh, see what they've been up to since the last week. Um, so we'll Commander Souverine, uh, apart from feeling a bit poorly, how are you doing? Uh, all right, thanks. Apart from that, um, what have I been doing? I have um, I've been uh, playing BGS stuff in game uh, for the last few days. So um, boosting a faction, uh, and we just triggered a um, a war for control of a system. So um, I've built a uh, a Type Ten defender for conflict zones called the Flatulent Walrus, um, and um, which is great because it's got. Uh, it's got a load of regeneration lasers, so it's good for like boosting your wingmate's shields. And then it's other than that, it's just got missiles, um, which means that I can take the, down people's shields and I can just I can take out their drives and their guns with the missiles, but I can't actually do anything else. So basically, what I'm doing is going into conflict zones, zapping people's shields, and then taking out their drives, and then just watching them spin gently off into space, and I can't chase them because I'm too slow. <laughs> So it's, it's a really inefficient model, so I'm going to have to tweak that, I think. And um, and out of game, what have I been doing? Um, probably nothing, really. I, we went to Kew Gardens on Saturday, and uh, like a good newly married couple, we wandered around um, looking at trees. And uh, there's, a, there's an art exhibition there at the moment full of very beautiful glass art. Um, so if you're in London, um, Kew is an interesting place to go at the minute. I tell you, it's a great place to go to if you are in London, and ideal if you are you are a young married couple as well. Is it the Tate Modern by any chance? No, 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 no. It's probably too late for Subaru now because he's gone. But it's 110 Fenchurch Street. 
And what what that is, it's a it's, it's your a personal dungeon, garden. isn't it? It's a rooftop. It's a free rooftop garden, uh, about forty floors up. So you're almost as high as Canary Wharf, and there's a rooftop garden with like glass all around it. So you get amazing views of the River Thames in London, and it's all completely free. So don't spend fifty quid on going to the South of Shard. Go to 110 Penn Street instead because it's free. Huh? I will write that down. Right. That's that sounds. Great. Uh, ben, how have you been playing with your lovely jubblies? <laughs> oh, I've still been eating my jubblies, yeah. They're, they're lovely. Since uh, you were all talking Peckham and, and uh, Fools and Horses, lovely jubblies, I thought. Yeah. Well, I, I have been eating jubblies. They're, they're nice and frozen and strawberry flavoured. Mm. They are. Uh, I've also actually been doing BGS stuff, and I've also been... So I've been playing two BGS stuff. I've been playing GTA 4, GTA 5... RimWorld, um, out of game. It's my anniversary today, so happy anniversary to the wifey. Even though she's you are this. in so much toast. Why are you on the show? I mean, goodness sake. Because I'm in Birmingham and she's in Sheffield. Yeah, that's always yeah, a very I've good to, thing I've got to, be. to work. A hundred miles away from your missus on on the on a yeah, on anniversary the night. Yeah. That's either congratulations. Excellent. Congratulations on your divorce, Ben. (laughs) (laughs) That just means I've got even more time for Lave Radio and Sagittarius Eye. I'm not. No, I'm not saying that. (laughs) Ben, I can. uh, I I can help you out with um, with that stuff. um, Given that I'm nearly one of the kids compared to you lot, Um, to send her a text message with an emoji of an aubergine followed by the little (laughs) little um, like rain symbol. She'll love it. It means really nice anniversary things. Does it? Yeah, right. go off some uh, well, For well, I, I, I sent her some some. I, I I sent her a card and I sent her a nice mug with wedding photos and all that kind of romantic soppy stuff on it. Um, I'm sure. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sending. I'm deliberately didn't send flowers because we're also off on holiday in a couple of days' time. So getting flowers would be a bit of a waste of time and money. But I thought a mug would be appropriate. Yes. Yeah, girls love mugs way more than flowers. Well documented. Yeah, and they normally yeah. marry them. <laughs> <laughs> that explains so much. <laughs> so that explains Norman, me, you, Shan, Suve. Me. Hold on, I've, I've been I've been with my wife at every single one of our wedding anniversaries. <laughs> I've Mark! never gone away. <laughs> <sighs> Commander Kurgle, save us from this wonderful married <laughs> podcast, please. Well, I have not been having an anniversary, and so I have been finishing a software rollout of work, which has been quite stressful, and I'm quite glad that that is pretty much done, bar a few last remaining bits and bobs. And I've been doing something that I've been putting off for months, which is slowly grinding out all the engineering materials that I need. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> that's me that's pretty much my week oh right so nice nice and simple we'll, we'll wave to Commander Ventura in the in the background unless he wants to to see something about his week and I guess not <laughs> anyway hi everyone how are we doing we love you Paul. yes <laughs> you are loved and appreciated glad to hear <laughs> doing okay been busy at work 
Uh, and in game, I've been doing the Type Six migration. I'm middle of nowhere. Anyway, let's go on with the show. <laughs> well, well, tonight's activity in game. You haven't asked Are we me doing yet. Anything? Oh, of course, Commander Shan. I'm feeling very left out. Oh, go on then. It was grumpy enough as it was, you know. <laughs> I actually have a correction. It's 120 Fenchurch Street. If you go to 110, you'll get thrown out by security guards. So it's 120 you want to go to. Um, I've written that down. That's super useful. I've put the link in um, in, in chat. Anyway, 120. I'll um, remember yeah. that for my first wedding anniversary when I take the Suvette up there and present her with a romantic mug. Anyway, this oh, week... we're all about the charm on this show, aren't we? <laughs> well, go on, this go on. This week I've been on 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 holiday so far. Uh, popped up to Cambridge actually yesterday uh, for the day. Uh, looked in the Tesla shop, uh, sat in a Model Three Tesla, and thought, "I don't like this. I'm glad I didn't buy one." So <laughs> that was good. Um, went to Heifer's Bookshop. Um, saw loads of books on subjects I didn't think I'd be interested in, but were suddenly on reading the titles, and then realised I didn't actually have any time to read any of them. Uh, so anyway, I went to Cambridge, um, didn't see anyone from Frontier there. I suspect they're all working. Um, Damn, I hope so. Uh, well, yeah, it ought to be. Um, <laughs> and in-game, what I've been doing, oh yeah, I get, like... Uh, I've been doing the engineering stuff on my third account, trying to get that up to spec. Mm. Right. Well, personally, I've been away for, for two weeks. Um, so uh, I only got back a couple of days ago, uh, managed to get my ship down to the Witch Head Nebula and found that I've missed out on everything. Yay. So um, nothing much else to report apart from I'll just say that Venice is very nice. Um, Sing the Cornetto song then. Ah, uh, no, you don't want me to, to sing. Trust me. Uh, right. Did you do the James Bond thing with the gondolas, you know, in in the I film have, where... Yeah, there's only one problem. I don't have an MI6 um, bank account with uh, infinite funds for um, hovercraft gondolas. That's, that is a slight problem. You should work on that, mate. Uh, no, I'm too busy doing the miniatures game. Uh, anyway, enough of enough of such diversions. Uh, we are talking about today some development news. What have de- the devs said this week? Well, it's been pretty thin pickings, I'm afraid to say. Uh, so apparently, sunglasses and other things were removed from the store this week due to the September update. Um, this is obviously news to me, so um, Ben, did you know about this? This actually came from Wotherspoon, but basically oh, right. it's exactly what you said. Oh. Uh, various items have been have vanished from the store and will return soon, TM. Soon, um, TM. Now, we can put our speculation hats on if we want, that you know there might be a little bit more to this ARCs thing than... Just here's an alternative way of using an in-game currency to buy stuff. There must be something going off there because mm-hmm. they're obviously they're doing some preparation work for yeah. You know, it's obviously for the September update, and they're doing some prep work. 
and the prep work's taking happening already, which I guess is good. You know, they're, yeah, they're well, doing stuff. Well, obviously, they're not probably going to waste the store engine. They can reuse that. Well, I can still use the glasses I have in game, so they're not gone. Gone. You just can't buy any. Of, I don't even know if you can change them out. Actually. Mm. So, so I, I have a pair of aviators on uh, on Commander Souverine. Does that mean that money can't buy those aviators now? Well, you can you, money you can buy them anyway. They're free. They're free. Oh, that's yeah. yeah, but now they're not even <laughs> available. So, like, he's the ultimate hipster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put mine on in respect to the hipsterism. Well, obviously the sunglasses. What else went? Um, There's regular think- glasses as well. Didn't oh, nameplates go the other day as well? Nameplates went a couple of weeks ago, I think. I thought there was a bug that prevented you from renaming your ship as well. Yes, I don't yeah, briefly. I, rename my ship. I, th- I oh. think when the nameplates first went, they, um, you couldn't, I, I think the, the name bit of the livery screen also disappeared briefly, um, which I remember somebody saying, gosh, that really shows how, uh, how closely the game and the store are linked. Um, but I believe that's changed now. Well, I'm just trying to rename my ship right now, and I can. Yeah, I what renamed re- my ship earlier. So, what have you renamed it to? The Sloppy Poppy. Uh, no, I've renamed it to Need a Distro because <laughs> I need to go. I need to head off to uh, the Dweller and pick up a pad distributor. I think when Stephen was trying to, uh, he was asking. Oh, is either Stephen or um, or this Will? Is they, Stephen Benedetti. Yes, and um, yeah. they were asking for names for the, one of the ships for the streams. For some reason, they didn't want to go with the sloppy ploppy. I got no idea why. So, no. So, on the subject of teams, um, we've had um, a link for Meet the Team Commander Sputnik and Commander Electron. So, who are these guys? Two community managers, one of whom wants to be a character artist. They're not CMs. They're um, they're support. Oh, sorry. They're support. Yeah, support teams. Sorry. You're so right. when we. Um, so when you uh, when your crew member plows your uh, <laughs> cutter into a uh, into a mountain and you fire the oh that's water. what you go with this <laughs> <laughs> yes yes that's yes exactly that's not so, a euphemism <laughs> okay so when, when when you accidentally blow yourself up uh, and then you go whining to the fo- uh, to to frontier to fix it they are the noble individuals who uh, who get in contact with you to say don't do it again. Right, I see. Uh, also, we have. Um, is this directly because of the uh, Interstellar Initiative that we ha- now have a new engineer coming to the Witchhead Nebula? Yeah, that was today's news, I believe, wasn't it? That is today's news. That's quite mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, yeah, do you think it's a kind of a reward? Because um, the Interstellar Initiative is supposed to finish on Thursday. Uh, I, I guess we'll come across that. Later, Probably. Um, it's becoming increasingly apparent that the, that the, the word Enclave for, f- as a name for this interstellar initiative was a, an allusion to creating an entirely new bubble, like, like Colonia again. Um, and um, so given, given that, given the name and given the story around it, I feel like things like the engineer and the tech brokers and stuff were probably planned rather than them being like, oh, they've done well, let's give them an engineer, if that makes sense. Yeah. So why have we put an engineer out there then? Because it's it's not exactly far away from civilization, is it? Well, it's a thousand light years away. It's further than uh, it's further than the Pleiades. 
Well, it's like 700, isn't it? It's 900 from Sol. Well, you think about it, with the extension of um, most of the FSDs these days, it's like they've kind of said, right, it took so, in the old days, it took so long to get to the Pleiades. Let's move it even further away with these longer drives so that it just feels that you've got to travel the same distance and make the effort. <laughs> you know what it's like? It's like, it's like um, having a having the furthest north with the chef in York, or, and then having a little chef in Edinburgh. It's kind of like you know. <laughs> Why are there still little chefs? I thought little chefs had little gone. I think there are. I do think there are. Well, the ones on the A1 have turned to OK diners, which are okay. exactly what their name says, OK diners, but. Yeah, cool. There were a couple of years ago, but they might have changed. Mm. Um, I don't know whether anybody, this has been on anybody's radar, but just while we're on the topic of which had been quite far away, we ought to touch on the fact that Operation Ida have said that they're not going to repair the the Witchhead stations. I'm not surprised. I mean, that is they've, they've got a lot more stations to re- repair closer to home. Mm. Yeah, especially uh, the hives one at Titan's Daughter. I think I'm not quite so sure, but they they always seem to have a. Uh, they always seem to enjoy repairing that one, mostly because it's one of the prettiest stations I've ever come across. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, they they said um, that uh, it's it's mainly because of the the station repair bug, whereby something like between ten and thirty percent of all the all the goods that they haul aren't registered yeah. by yeah exactly and they, they just said look you know it's a thousand light years away like we nearly burned out in the pleiades it's too bloody far when we're just not going to do it we've got other stuff to do um which is legit given given the fact they've prepared 50 stations for all of us oh um, yes see i thought it was some sort of tactical thing is that we'll let the thargoids rampage over the witch head and sort of keep them happy hmm. over there and well, the thargoids have been completely driven out of the witch head well, they're not. That's they're what still they there. want you to think. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they don't have the bugs. Sneaky bugs. I thought we cleared up all the AXCZs within about by about the Sunday on the um, uh, when the when the community goal was the Thargoid hunt. They were. Yeah, those, those were, were. But you're still getting non-human signal sources down there because I'm there at the moment, and there's plenty of them. Ah. Uh, so. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, we might have pushed them out, but they're still hanging in about. And so, of course, so does this mean? Sorry, Colin, I thought you'd finished. Well, does this mean that there's <laughs> no more Thargoid scouts flying around that you need to kill, and it's all just down to the normal Thargoids? No, no, they're not. The opposite. No, no. Um, you can you can still find Thargoid scouts. They're they're um, threat level fours and threat level threes. Um, if you're unlucky. As I've always found out, a threat level five could be um, a cyclops or a massive amount of scouts. Um, I've normally found I can I can normally handle four or five by myself, but anything more than that, my my poor crate doesn't stand much of a chance. Uh, although I must admit, I haven't tried it with the new um, guardian modules that I've got from the previous initiative. So no, the it, the, the bugs are still flying about. Um, down at the witch head, uh, it's just they're not fighting over the witch head. If you see what I mean. Mm. What guns have you got on your crate? Um, I have a combination of the, uh, the the Guardian plasma guns and two turreted AX um, cannons. 
Interesting. So you, yes. um, I didn't know anybody used the Guardian plasma guns. What are they good for? Uh, Tarkoid scouts. <laughs> Fair enough. A highly specialised build. Uh, <laughs> mm. And uh, the, you've got to watch the heat on them, uh, which is, I think, well, something that the AXI, the anti-Xeno initiative we're talking about on the show, is that as soon as you go over a certain level of heat, uh, especially if you're in an instance, then basically you are screwed. Mm. I thought that was just in multiplayer stuff. You know, I do it. I am sociable, Ben. I do actually okay. play with other people. Okay, okay. Well, I know you're not Jarvis, but I, I wasn't. I thought I was. I was just saying. I thought that was multiplayer. So if well, you're doing it, if you're winging up and doing it with that, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is multi. It, you're quite right. It is multiplayer problems. Uh, basically, everything, everything works fine in solo, but as soon as you go multiplayer, then then things just seem to. It just doesn't seem to work. I mean, you can understand. The amount of um, complaints that those guys have got with it at the moment—it's it, it can be frustrating, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. And it's it's until yeah. the fun, the frustration level outweighs the fun level, then you—that's when you have to. Yeah. Walk I know away. I'm having fun doing um, doing stuff out there. Uh, although we try, we did try winging in, and we just found the whole place bugged. If you pardon mm. the expression, to hell. And we just couldn't get a proper wing working, which is well, a, shame. a shame. That is a shame. I mean, normally I hunt Thargoids with a, a couple of people, um, mm. and we all go into one private group to do it. But uh, yeah, it's. I think in open, it's. Oh, it just feels a little bit unstable. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, due to the development time involved, I don't see them fixing much. In the way of it, which is a bit of a shame. Big time networking things that need to be fixed at a fundamental level. I, I'm, I'm thinking. But and we, as you and I both know, that's probably the worst kind of debugging there is to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be cool to do a to, to have a proper chat about how plausible uh, overhauling the network infrastructure would be in Elite, because you guys, a lot of you developers, and um, and I'm not obviously, and it would just be it'd be super interesting to to hear opinions. Uh, in- yeah, in the same conversation I had with Dav uh, about NPC crew. Wait, he, Chad, did you, did you speak to Dav at LaveCon? I <laughs> did, yeah. I called lots of people, yes. Um, anyway, in, in my conversation, he did say that they've spent... Who was that conversation with? <laughs> do you want to know what was said, or are you just... Sorry, sorry, Sean. Yes, we do want to know. We're sorry. I don't think Ben does. I think I think Ben wants to be killed. In... <laughs> okay, um, bounty has been raised to twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> but Shan... on the record, for anyone listening to me, I am on my way in a very slow ship with not a long jump range. So you'll okay, probably every... beat me. Everyone else, years. everyone else, shush. This is important. <laughs> Shan, go. well, it might not be. Anyway. Um, he mentioned that they've spent at least three months overhauling the network code to help them with fleet carriers. So I'm wondering whether or not that similar overhaul will help the Thargoid encounters too. too. Hmm. It wouldn't be as far-reaching as changing it to server-adjudicated rather than peer-to-peer, though. And that's the fundamental problem, isn't it? Uh, it is. Uh, it yes. Server-based has its own issues. Okay. Yeah, I don't know that. Believe it, believe it or not, when everybody, anybody actually goes off and kicks uh, off, but it should be client server instead of peer to peer. I mean, I know that 
it's a controversial thing to say, but I actually prefer the peer-to-peer because it means that this game doesn't have a, you know costs that will basically make it unworkable for the amount of players. They, it also means yeah. that yeah, it also means that anyone can play with anyone. If you have them server-based, you say, oh, "What server did you you roll on?" Oh, I rolled on Lay server. Oh, that sucks. I rolled yeah. on whatever server, I can't, I can't meet you. So it has serious issues for the community. And also, if you have it server-based, you end up with regional locking because yeah. of, of lag and whatnot, whereas how it is, it's efficient. So there's only a few games companies you manage to do the, the single server, but yeah. server-based architecture. Um, and even then, it has its issues. Yeah, I mean, everybody points to Eve, but uh, then you have to point back at, but Eve is really sort of near enough turn-based. This is Twitch. This is Twitch-based. Yeah. This is this is real-time. You, you, you don't end up with um, basically games with, with 3,000 or 14,000 players, so say, doing distant worlds all at the same time. And there's not a server architecture in the world that would be able to do that client server. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And it's it's an unfortunate uh, it's an unfortunate problem in the nature of the internet. And and there's also this limitation called the speed of light, which means that there is a small there's going to be at least some lag with people over the other side of the world. Which, yeah, <laughs> huh. I think I think we've seemed to have we've hit a a bit of a problem. Um, ben, you've got something to say about Eve. Oh, there's also things that everyone's everyone's going off and saying, look at Eve, it's got tens of thousands of people all mm. in crazy, stupid battles. What they're forgetting to mention is those battles are running at 30 minutes lag. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You, you go off and suddenly die, and it's because you were hit half an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just forgotten about. Oh, of course it's forgotten about, because most of the people who, who, who shout about client and server normally don't know how difficult it is to program client server. <laughs> I mean, peer-to-peer, is, I mean, what they've done with peer-to-peer is, is actually quite um, astoundingly good, but it's, it's, it's an absolute nightmare to, to keep it bug-free, because there'll be bugs somewhere. And we're not talking thyroids. No, we're not. Um, well, moving on. Sorry. The other thing about these bugs is a lot of them are essentially chaos-based. Yeah, you know, they're non-predictable True. bugs. Then they're, you know, all right. Well, you have this specific thing and this specific thing. Oh, and your flatmate is downloading German donkey midget sex Uh-oh. porn. Right. How on earth did you come up with that thought, Ben? It's he kind just, of he worrying. Had his, he had You've even thought of that. He's on donkeybuggerers.com again. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's quickly move away from that. <laughs> quickly, please. Um, I mean, apparently FD are now looking for combat-focused CGs to ideas from the community. Um, I guess this is still tied us over till the next interstellar initiative or, or the update in September. That'll be my guess. Um, the link they didn't do a the... big revamp of their whole 
CG submissions process about this time last year that was supposed to make all of these things go smoother and be planned. Basically, they've got a form instead of a forum page. Yes, that's right, isn't it? That's what the big revamp was. Mm. But it, is this supposed to be displacing that system, or is this a separate call for... No, it's just they're saying, please give us PPCGs. Okay, cool. Um, and the link is not going to anything in specific. It's just take us into the general area of the forum for CGs. There's no dedicated post from Will or anything like that saying... I think Commander Witherspoon is coming up with a new headline about, uh, about someone being banned from a donkey sanctuary. I guess it does bring a new definition to the word petting zoo, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Right. Uh, so we actually have had a newsletter this week, haven't we? Yes. We have Which, a newsletter. Which basically went over stuff from the Enclave. We have a Scully Powers 500 race. Did anybody actually see what that race was? Uh, I I was I intended to go to it, but it ended up being on a different day to when I thought it was. It was an SRV race around a one of those cool circular planet bases. They're really fun. They are great. I mean, if anybody wants to see one, there's one in Mercury. It's, they're absolutely fantastic. Yeah, they're so good. So much fun. Yeah. Uh, they went over the looking back at the Distant Worlds 2, uh, mentioned for Fantasticon, which is 17th to 18th of August over in, in is it Cleethorpes? Lincolnshire. Cleethorpes in Lincolnshire. Yes. Uh, and, uh, oh, there's some new stuff, squadron paints for federal ships. Uh, the Federal Assault ship as well has arrived. Um, so, uh, has anybody else got anything else to discuss about the, the newsletter? Or is it all pretty much, eh, we knew it all anyway. Um, the uh, the Galnet article that um, that came out about, uh, it was called Lave Citizens Comment on Festival. And it was a very rare and very welcome and excellent example of uh, law of Frontier uh, updating the law according to player actions. So there was a bit of controversy over the fact that the this fictional celebration of the, the Alliance celebration of um, culture, it started off in the Lave system and players were quick to point out that actually Lave seceded from the Alliance um, in-game last year. Um, and... Um, and then uh, Frontier released a Galnet article um, that basically neatly encompassed that and um, uh, and referenced it in a very creative way, uh, which is really, really cool. And, uh, and Frontier, if you're listening, we love that kind of thing. Players absolutely love it when the Galnet narrative reflects what we do in-game. So more of that, please. Yeah, that's really boss. Yeah. I did also notice that there was a controversy at a film festival at uh, the Leasty system. Should we point out that um, there is an in-player faction at the moment, the Code, they are attempting to blockade Leasty, uh, and they do a lot of um, role-playing in open about uh, piracy. So if you're heading that way, please be careful. Um if you are inter intercepted or interdicted by a code member, um, you can actually talk your way out about it 
if they uh, and give them some cargo. They are they do actually follow these rules. They are, they they definitely role play piracy. They're not out, but if you don't, they will open fire. Is that uh, is that fair enough to say, Ben? That seems fair enough to say. I think yeah. I mean, all the code guys I know, and I know a couple of them. You know, they are they're not murder hobos as a rule of thumb, but. If you look like you're running, then they won't give you a second choice. Yeah, whenever I've tried to run, they've blown me up. But when I've dropped cargo and stayed, they've been okay. Yeah. Mm. So so they are people proper role-playing piracy for you. Uh, I mean, I know I've been intercepted <laughs> by the code, but <laughs> I high wake out. Um, I actually had a... Um, Little lamb? Inter- um. oh, I had an interaction <laughs> <laughs> with a member of the code the other day, actually. Uh, this was in Lave. Not like um, at the donkey sanctuary. Not at the donkey sanctuary, no. Um, but no, he went off and he went off and interdicted me. I wasn't in a combat ship or anything like that. I had no weapons, no nothing, and we just talked, talked, talked for a little bit. And then he's like, "Are you into PvP?" No, not really. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah. He scanned me, and I didn't have anything on me. Um, and he's like, "That's a shame." And I was like, "Well, if I die, I die. I don't. I didn't have anything to lose. I've got no, I've got no crewmen in my ship. I've got no nothing. But I was in a seven hundred meters per second ship, so I was able to. I was able to. I could see what he was about to do, and I turned and ran. And I did nice. escape and things like that. And then I went on to Code Server, which I'm on, and said, "Hi, that was fun. Bye. <laughs> see you later." Excellent. <laughs> what? Well, I'll, I'll just point out to Commander Witherspoon, who's complaining about my lack of progress uh, at the uh, trying to get to Colonia on an Xbox with a Sidewinder. Uh, listen, I, I don't manage to get on the Xbox that much. It, it's having it's having technical difficulties, but I intend to start again when I get a chance. <laughs> but what I, we'll do now is I think we'll take a um, a quick advert break, and we'll come back with our main discussion. Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. G'day guys, Gluttony here, Gluttony Fang. Now, you may remember me as the PR bloke from the code. Just to let you know that I've hung up my pirate hat and become a bona fide hut and trucker. That's right, I've decided I've been missing out on too much fun by not joining you guys. Just to say, I'm grateful for the invitation to go and blow up a few of you lot last weekend. Anyway, I'm a man of many talents. When I'm not blowing things up, or penning my latest piece of PR, I'm a dab hand with a guitar. So, here's a tune from me, dedicated to you filthy truckers. It's high time I made a change Left the code, found a new way Stop the killing, stop the salt There's so much you have to go through Found new friends, settled down They have said I can tarry Look at me, not with code, but I'm happy I was once like you are now Stealing mugs and robbing newbies Winter's come And we've found there's something going on 
Take your time, think a lot of losing everything you've got. For they may be here tomorrow, but the code may not. When your ships burn with green flames, cause the menace has returned again. It's always been the same, same old story. I want hunting by my side. I want friends who will listen. It's quite a way. And I know that I have to change my way. I know I have to go. It's high time I made a change Left the cold, found a new way Stop the killing, stop the salt There's so much I have to go through Found new friends, settled down They have said I can tarry Look at me, not with code, but I'm happy All the times that I tried inside it's hard but it's harder to ignore it for the mug i would agree but it's gin they put for me i found my way and i know that i have to fly their way i know i have to go Well, I hope you liked it. I'm going back to teaching Hobart how to blow things up now. Might take me a while. And welcome back. Uh, I think the, the, for that wonderful musical interlude there, um, <laughs> uh, our main discussion today is about the uh, this review of the of the Enclave Interstellar Initiative. Um, this uh, interstellar initiative finishes officially on Thursday, according to Will. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a few things to discuss about it. Um, first up, round the table. Um, did everyone think it was better than the last one? <laughs> uh, broadly, I think it, it's less... Um, there seems to have been less of a furore around a few of it. I remember that with the first one, there was it, kept feel, it felt like everything went wrong, whereas this one, it, doesn't, it hasn't felt like that. Yeah, it it does seem it's it's felt to be a little bit uh, more organised, um, and a little bit more spontaneous. We didn't have um, we didn't have ferry boatmen stuck in lifts and and that sort of thing, um, and there wasn't the um, there wasn't the controversy over weapon rewards and stuff. I, I also quite like the story, like I like the idea of creating a new like bubble analog for us to you know the, for um, and and and, and giving a new area of the galaxy a law background for existing. I um, quite like that too. I think more stuff spreading around the galaxy will be good in the long run. Mm. Sadly, I haven't been involved in this one, though. I've, um, I haven't managed to get out to the Witch Head. I've sort of followed it on Galnet and things and caught up on what other people are doing. Um, but it, um, yeah, it, it, from the outside, it looked, looked pretty smooth. 
Ben, you've been pretty involved in it, haven't you? I've only been involved in last week's one, which was the Pew Pew. Um, I had a feeling it was going to wind up in Pew Pew, so I ran off and basically did all the gathering of materials for some um, oh, Guardian... Oh, Guardian Gauss Cannons, that's the word. Mm. Uh, so I went off and got all the stuff for that, and not quite enough stuff for the one of the Guardian fighters, but I really couldn't be bothered flying back to get that. <laughs> um, yeah. And I didn't need it, to be honest, for what I was doing. Um, I'm also melting. So, but yeah, I enjoyed going... I enjoyed going off and getting that Thargoid stuff from the Guardians, or the Guardian stuff from the Guardian sites. That was fun, if a bit repetitive and tedious. Mm. Um, but I did that the first week instead of the actual CGs for it. And then I enjoyed going off and shooting the Thargoid scouts, even though by the time I got there, I think 90% of the war zones had, been, had already been taken care of. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was all that was all dealt with very quickly, really. Yeah, and that's one thing that I've always found is taking on the Thargoid Scouts is actually quite fun, and it is one of those things that uh, you know when you're in the middle of a combat zone and, and things like that. There's always you're always on edge that some that you're going to get outdone, but for some reason, taking on the Scouts is a heck of a lot easier and also does a heck of a lot much does a heck of a lot more for your combat rank yeah it's it's good for the, the sound the the ai the sound design they 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 look and feel really alien um they, yeah it's brilliant i really like the scouts i've got a um a vulture wow. which is um kitted out with two uh two of the ax multi cannons um and it's so much fun just chucking it around those um nhss uh, actually, actually, you know the AX, AX multi cannons. I when you actually listen to them shoot off, they they sound exactly like the cannons from the Vipers in Battlestar Galactica. It, it's it's uncanny. <laughs> oh wow, that's that. really cool. Hmm. Um, just another thing on the Enclave while we're talking about it, the um, uh, that I love the moral ambiguity aspect of. The fact that, in essence, what's happened over the last month is um, humanity have uh, gone out to a gone out to a part of the galaxy that we had no history in and no claim to. Um, the Thargoids had already claimed it and they'd already seeded it with barnacles. Um, we basically ran in, nicked all their stuff, built our own stuff, and have kicked them out violently. Like it's it's an analog for so many episodes from Earth's history. Like it, it's essentially a colonization story, um, and quite a bloody one. Uh, and the fact that Frontier have neatly told that without alluding to it, um, obviously is really smart, I think. So, you'd have preferred an Australian point style system for <laughs> <laughs> the witch had no, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean. Oh well, this this obviously t- touches on the on the next part of the of the discussion. I mean, um, what do you think worked, and and what do you think didn't, uh, as far as uh, uh, the enclave? I think it would have been cool to. Um, uh, I remember Michael Brooks saying uh, in a forum post 
uh, or a or like a, an AQA or um, sorry an AMA or something like that um, years ago that the way that the Thargoid story played out would depend on the actions of players and it's unclear as to whether that was ever true um, or, or sorry it was unclear as to whether that has ever um, sort of come to fruition or whether it's it's been scripted um, and I would have quite liked it if there'd been an element of player choice because there wasn't really this isn't a, com- a complaint because I think the story is cool but essentially we were, we weren't given any options you know you you lot will enable violent colonization of this area basically stealing it off another race um it would have been an interesting it would have been interesting from a narrative point of view to have a concurrent cg or or some way for players to express to to make a choice which was more accommodating you know how about we don't nick all their stuff and it, it would it would just it would have just opened up more options for where to take the story if that makes sense I mean, I think the whole whole thing with the, the Thargoid so far has been um, they've always been set up as the ultimate big bad in Elite. Mm. And uh, I, I know that Michael Brooks has, has said in the past that there there is a way to resolve things peacefully with Thargoids. And I'm there thinking, well, <laughs> they haven't exactly... Does he mean needed- when they're all dead? <laughs> Obvious. I mean, all you've given us to communicate with are guns. Well, I think that's partly because, if you think about it from a coding point of view, trying to code in meaningful interactions <laughs> varied is very, very difficult. It's much easier to balance combat than it is to balance diplomacy because it ends up becoming choose option A, then option C, then option D, and hey, they'll do what you say. It's just harder to code like that to to do that. It's much easier to put guns in. I just wish that uh, going back to, I mean, I I do like the fact that they've made the Thargoids a bit ambiguous because you don't know whether or not they really are the big bad that they're supposed to be. Uh, But as far as I'm concerned, they are. But I know that he doesn't think so. I agree with you. I don't don't think there's, um, I, I think people who are, I think people who say that they're being manipulated, there's really scant evidence for that. Um, but the thing, things like this witch head storyline, it's not been plucky humans defending themselves against aggressive aliens. It's been the opposite. Um, and whether or not you think the Thargoids are the, the great antagonists, they could very well be. There could be no way to, there could be no peaceful res- resolution. That doesn't, that, that doesn't mean that you have to be the aggressor. It's just from a narrative point of view, this is a story about um, essentially settlers coming and violently stealing somebody else's territory which casts humanity in in a poorer light like it you know we're no longer just defending ourselves let's be let's be honest we are kind of being dick yeah exactly yeah which is interesting um it's just it, it would have been potentially more interesting to give the community a choice because then people would have either voted with their lasers or you know potentially i don't know say for example some other some other npc said um actually the guardians need meta alloys for X, Y, and Z. Like this base needs, you know, one of us, you know, one of them has left us a message saying that actually we really need them. And how about you deliver meta alloys to this location um, for them? And it, it just give, given the players another outlet. I'm not, a, I'm not a designer, so I'm not very good at this stuff. Um, it's sort of, that's the idea in my head anyway. Uh, I mean, the uh, one thing that I did actually like about the, the whole, uh, the whole, Enclave storyline is, of course, the the whole thing that happened with Professor Palin, because yeah. that was unexpected. 
mean, yeah, first of all, the, the Thargoids completely retreat from uh, from attacks because, and a lot of people suspect that this was because the Barnacles and the Pleiades are running out. And then all of a sudden, they, the reason they pulled back was they were going after Palin. So the, they've obviously gained some intelligence to, to target a specific place or individual. I really like it because it makes the galaxy feel sort of lived in because it keeps evolving and changing rather than, you know, just See, I, I, I'm not sure these Argoids had the right approach if they wanted to take Palin out. All they needed to have done was destroy the supply of cracked industrial firmware for <laughs> class five dirty drives, and then he would have been completely obsolete. He would have been bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. He would have been turning tricks. Yeah. I, I mean, um, did anybody actually play through the defense of the base or defense of the mothership? Uh, I, play, I, I flew out to the base and tried to defend it, but it was before they... Um, it's before they switched off the no fire zone. Oh, um, they didn't do that again, did they? Uh, yes, such a rookie oh. error. Such a rookie error. Because um, if, if anybody from Frontier is listening, we we really really love scripted defend the fort style formats like that. But please remember to turn the no fire zone off because it's so irritating when you suddenly get fired upon by the base and the bugs. Yeah, I mean, I must admit when the the, the Gnosis event happened, uh, I thoroughly loved that. The thing was, is that everyone else didn't because I missed out on the no fire bug, the the fire zone bug, because I logged in late and I didn't know, and I, I missed the the news article that got released too early as well. So mm. it, I experienced it how it was supposed to be done, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I went on the forums and found out, no, I shouldn't be enjoying it. It was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, the the, the painting thing. It, I flew out there in the first few hours after it happened and there wasn't much going on and the fire zone was still up. So basically there were some combat outfitted combat outfitted ships that were hovering just over um, 7K away from the base. And, um, and whenever a scout strayed out of that radius, they would immediately get ganked. So there wasn't any challenge really. Um, mm-hmm. and, there were, and then within six hours, it was full of griefers. And then by the time the, um, by the time the no fire zone had been turned off, I'd gone, I think. So, um, so I didn't get to experience that, how it, was, how it was meant to be played. Part of me thinks that maybe with those sort of scenarios, you're actually better to do it in a private group or solo, depending on what kind of experience you want. Because I don't know that you get the full experience if, if, you're, if you're fighting gankers as well as aliens. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, the, that's, well, that's the nature of the beast with these things. Because when you ever have one of these events where you know it's highlighted that that's where a lot of players to be, then that's where all the gankers turn, will turn up as well. Yep. I don't think there's much we can we can do about that. Well, some people actually look um, look forward to fighting with the gankers, so to speak. It's all part of the game, isn't it? That's the thing. And yeah. if you, if you yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess the thing is, if you don't expect gankers to be there, it can be annoying. But if you kind of know they're going to be there, you have a choice. You either go to open and expect to be attacked, or you go to private group or solo where you can get on and do what you want. So in my view, it's a choice. I do remember what uh, Nats Wright did was uh, uh, she set up her um, 
her ship to be as fast as possible and evasive as possible so that none of the gankers could touch her and she would just hang around and open and taunt them. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> well, there's been other things as well where, where you set up a sidewinder to basically irritate the gankers. So you basically you load it up with rail guns and you make it super quick. And of course, if it gets blown up, it's what? 20,000 credits to get it back and there's no thing. But of course, you've just gone and tied up the gankers for a whole evening, you know, and it's the joke's then on them because then they're not pursuing their goals of foiling whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's that is part of the game where you have people ganking the gankers. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's what you should expect in open, really. It's different if you've gone on to, to Mobius, obviously, but actually I think that group seems to be quite quiet at the moment. Bit of a shame. Yeah, I haven't heard much out of the Mobius. It goes back to what we were talking about last week, I think, where, well, firstly, it's the summer holidays. True. And we're, we're now in the time period where most of Europe is now on holiday for three weeks. Because um, I know from my work, trying to get anything done from in some countries now is they just say or oh, forget it until september because everyone on holiday so there's that but also we are everyone's waiting for the september update i think to see what that brings and we know it'll have the arts um currency but what else if it's just that i think it's going to be slightly disappointing well t- to be honest um what do you mean like the last one <laughs> Well, the last one was quite good because it brought us the super cruise assist and all those sorts of stuff like that, didn't it? Yeah, I, I quite like that. I've never used. I've never used them, but yeah. I mean, admittedly, I've got a new commander slot, which uh, to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm going to reset when the new uh, tutorials come along because I, I want to to check them out. But then, you know, it's it's a new player experience stuff only, and yeah. I mean, I'm glad these internet interstellar initiatives come along because at least it gives us something for us veterans to do. Make your own cardboard box, Colin. Any particular reason why? Well, it's, it's find your own fun. Do something you haven't done before. I mean, that sort of thing like that. Don't, don't worry about um, what other people are doing. Uh, well... <laughs> It, it, it's it's getting to the point it, uh, without the interstellar initiatives to to come back for me personally I'm getting to that burnout point where you have to feel you have to walk away with it walk away from it for a, a few uh, weeks or or month or so before you can you can come back with fresh eyes if you like or refreshed eye but <laughs> that's, you, that's um, entirely fine. That's entirely fine, though, Colin. The, the game is never meant to be the only thing you'll ever play ever in the history of everything. Yeah, but you, I you actually know. wanted to be. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Mind you, we do have No Man's Sky VR coming in a couple of weeks, so you know that that will probably <laughs> keep me going until the September update. I'm excited about that as well. We ought to do a uh, we ought to do a uh, like a little special on. on well, we uh, still need to do. We still need to do. Um, bridge crew with Fozza, don't we? Uh, oh, I've got to get both of those. Bridge crew and um, a bit of No Man's Sky VR would be fun. 
I've still got to get my headset back from from Grant, but uh, that'd be a while yet. Um, so, I mean, as far as the interstellar initiative that we we are playing through, what could they have improved on for this one? Apart from my point about branching narrative, I don't think or, or choice. Um, I probably wouldn't. There's, there's nothing I can think of, but I didn't partake in it in a gameplay sense, so I'm not very good. Not a very good person to 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 comment really. I mean, obviously they, they they did the surprise attack on Palin, and I mean the the mega ship that he was on. Did you defend that as well from Thargo's no, attack? No, I, 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 no, I, I didn't. Um, I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't see the. We cost. visited it on a, a previous show, didn't we? And by the time we got there, all the Thargoids had been cleaned up. Ah, right. Yeah, okay, there's so. another there's another room for improvement. Um, one thing that, and this 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 is related to what the AXI guy said to us when we had them on the other week. Um, the um, making sure that there's enough CZs to go around for the full week would be useful because that that sense of oh I've got to get in game on as close to as Thursday as possible or there or there'll be none left for me is um, probably a bit annoying for people. That's that is a very very good point. Um, um, it was quite frustrating. Well, I heard quite a lot of frustration about the fact that, oh yeah, all this this stuff's happening. Oh, it's finished. So, I mean, can anybody else think of anything? Uh, like Steve, I didn't play in this one, so it, it's difficult to comment. I kind of agree with him on the branching narrative. I think it would have been better if they're given, you know, consequence to. Um, to completing it, but yeah, I mean, people seemed happy with it, didn't they? In general, I think. Ben, did you want to say something about the the cardboard comment that Shan made? Yeah, that was about half an hour ago. Yeah, I'm sorry. It it, it goes with a natural flow, and I'm bringing it back to you because you're special. Special. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no! Oh no! I didn't mean sorry, it like that. Sorry, like I just think special Fred when people say you're special. He oh. didn't mean it like that. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I was just thinking one of the good things with the new September update is we're going to be having these racing rings oh, as yeah. one of the what? training things. Now I really and I desperately and I beg. That we're going to have these racing rings introduced in certain locations in the open galaxy as well. Well, oh, what's, a, what's a racing? Yes, ring? please. Oh, oh, yes, please indeed. Yeah. Um, so the racing rings, we, they, they showed them at uh, LaveCon. Basically, the the one of the tutorials they had was basically flying round uh, a CQC structure through these rings. Yeah, in a particular number order, You've, you'll see them in old. Uh, in it's, it's it was an absolute staple of all the old training scenarios that you had in things like Tie Fighter or I War and X Wing, where basically you had to follow this path and to learn how to fly the ship. Yeah, okay. And, and a lot of people have said, "Can we have them in open so that we can organise proper races?" Oh, brilliant. Uh, such a good yeah, idea. Exactly. And yeah, it's, it's such a good idea. And it sounds... I mean, from the from an outsider's point of view, it sounds, oh, it must be easy to put that in. But Yeah, I'm going to indulge in a bit of armchair development as well. Like, yeah. that's got to... <laughs> <laughs> that can't be that hard. <laughs> <laughs> but what, then I, again... 
Go on, sorry. They've done all the hard work in CQC, haven't they, really? So a lot of the stuff you'd need for that is basically in in the CQC. Oh, yeah. The assets are there. It's, it's a case of can they actually place them in a way that that makes sense for a good race? Something like that would be a multiplier for the cardboard box effect because at the moment we've got these brilliant varied planets full of interesting terrain, um, and there's there's a there is a limit to how much utility we can get out of them. Um, with deployable race markers like those rings, suddenly you've got suddenly that means that you can get way more use out of planets, way more way more fun out of planets. You know, at the moment, very like you. You've kind of got to wait for a natural racetrack that is easy to learn, which and they're not common. Whereas with deployable race markers, you could make a racetrack virtually anywhere. You could make use of anything. It would it would be brilliant, really, really fun. Um, yeah, I mean, the the one thing that I was going to say is that Alec Turner and the Buckyball guys have been asking for ages for for Frontier just to put a um, some kind of uh, like a waypoint track. or something in. Yeah. yeah, just you know, a tr- you know, like the track that you get going around the those circular city, those planet-sized cities. Just take the track asset and make a, a track somewhere around the in in some place. They could all go racing um, SRVs, mm. and you could have your own SRV Grand Prix if you like. But um, that's that. It's it's never been. It's been always said. Oh, that's a good idea. We'll take a pin in it and put it in the board. Mm. Mm. So, I mean, one other thing. I mean, we've had um, a Guardian Interstellar Initiative. We've had a Thargoid Interstellar Initiative. Okay, what could be the next one? And when do you think it might be? Oh, uh, okay, six weeks, six to eight weeks away. So, end September. But that's the update, isn't it? Okay, so I I don't think there's going to be another... I don't think there'll be another interstellar initiative before the next patch because the next patch is September, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. So my bet would be nothing, and then we'll get another interstellar initiative in early November. That's what I reckon. And I don't know what it would be. I've got no idea what it would be. Um, I'll have to. I'll have to put some thought into that. Yeah. Maybe I mean, a, maybe a PvP one. Maybe they might do something like that because they've they were asking about um, combat CGs. So maybe something, maybe maybe like a human conflict. Maybe maybe uh, an uh, an empire versus alliance, or sorry, an empire versus federation thing. Something like that. Maybe. Oh, I wish they'd do a superpower conflict. That'd be great. Hmm. Well, a, a genuine, full-on. Like human the, civil war. Yeah, the Imperial Navy versus the Fed Navy in systems. Oh, that would, defense it would be so good. That would be must, so good. Yeah, I must admit, that is one thing that I think a lot of players haven't experienced yet, is the thrill of being stuck in between those two capital ships blasting the hell out of each other. Oh, hell yeah. It is, it is such an adrenaline rush. And, and it's a it's a rare thing to find when you have um, one of those conflict zones, but when you find it, it's it's phenomenal. I've not come across uh, the two the the opposing. I really really want to come across the one capital uh, quite frequently. I've got to say, I really really enjoy them. They make you feel really powerful. When you take out the heat relays and drive them away. I think one of the best ones we had was that. Um, uh, just incidentally, we were flying around Sol, 
and you don't think anything bad's going to happen in Seoul, and then suddenly, suddenly this um, this unidentified signal source came up, and it was it was a large one. So me and a couple of people in the wing went in, and sure enough, there was a, a federal capital ship there. And they're thinking that's a bit weird, and then in jumps a pirate federal battleship, and two of them start going at each other. <laughs> what? Yeah. Awesome. That's and, cool. and and that's what got me. The Federation seems to have pirate battle cruisers. That sounds amazing. We need more of that. So yeah, I mean that that does sound good. Ben Shan, cool. you got any ideas? I I'm just waiting for them to ruin fleet carriers so I can go on a rampage uh, and rant about them for the next six months. If I want to be boringly practical, I actually think if Frontier can do it, then having a interstellar initiative to deploy racetracks, I don't think we're going to get Sue's idea of you've got a racetrack um, limp, cargo limpid or something like that. Oh, give us limpids. And I would <laughs> love race. I would love racing ring deployable limpids. But I think the chances of us getting that is is very very slim. Well, yeah, that's the uh, problem, on the other hand. They'll, they'll yeah, time out. Mm. Yeah, but they, they yeah, that's uh, but not a racing limpet that lasts for like the duration of your race. Well, I agree with Gurgle's optimism. <laughs> I, I would love it, but what I think could be a practical thing would be Frontier dropping certain race tracks into the game as. As a bit like they drop in the yeah, as permanent things, a bit like they drop in the the existing bars and um, mm. mega ships and things like that, and you could tie that in with a few interstellar initiative options to determine where these tracks, for want of a better word, are going to be, and that would be a brilliant interstellar initiative, tying up the September update with an interstellar initiative in. October, November, and it would give players content. Yeah, I completely agree. Would it be a CG to build something like a racetrack? I'm just thinking about like the tools they've got at their disposal. Like they can log the, the, the kind of events that Frontier can log are things like whether you've docked at a station or whether you've whether you've deployed a limpet. I don't think they can log things like who was the fastest in a race. Um, and, and no, I don't think they can do that. The issue but- you've got is persistence. Exactly. Now, I, I, I know that everybody would like to be able to design and set up their own racetracks. I think that is beyond its capability. It has to be something that Frontier put in. Yeah, okay. Uh, because, I mean, it, it sounds a great I idea. Agree. I don't accept it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I want know, everything client-server... We're being boringly realistic here. Um, um, oh, I'm sorry. Trust and, uh, me. Damn this realism. Um, <laughs> oh, my immersion. <laughs> uh, By the I way, think... we said that a lot earlier than certain streamers do. Mm. Point that one out, because we've Remotion. been going for almost five years. I mean, it would be good to have a, as you say, being able to set limpets out to have a race course, but... People have done that with putting their ships down at certain locations. Yeah. You don't have to go around a ship a certain way to sort mm-hmm. of make the race course. And then they, you either do it on stream where you time it. Um, 
and so you can do the frame rate, or you can um, just do it when you meant. I did actually a, a while ago, actually a number of years ago, did almost like a a challenge course that involved doing various uh, activities in the Sol system, like picking up a ton of cargo, dropping it off of this capital ship in Sol, and doing various maneuvers. And it there, it then had a score system where it worked out um, time versus damage incurred and came up with a score. So with a bit of inventiveness, you can actually do it. It would just be nice to have the tools in-game. Yeah. Filling mm. Colin in at the petting zoo. Is that what we're calling this episode? That's not even... Yes. That's not even a euphemism. That's just... Filth. <laughs> it's just filth. No, no, you, you missed off two words at the end, Ben. By proxy. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling decidedly oh, nauseous right at this moment in time. So, I mean, overall, just quickly in summary, a thumbs up or thumbs down about the Enclave initiative. I mean... You never know. There might be one final big thing to to kick off, uh, to finish it off with. But so far, thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs up down. This guy, yeah, I think thumbs up, up. definitely. I, I think it's a thumbs up because it's got players engaged. I mean, they might not be gripped in the story or anything else like that, but it's certainly got players engaged in it. And mm-hmm. if that's the objective of the initiatives, then I'd say it's yeah, moral nuance, fighty stuff. Uh, a bit of personal story, the Palin thing, uh, clear, tangible, permanent result in the game world. Yeah, thumbs up, definitely. What about you, Ben? Oh, I'm scared to say anything up with you. Is it? Jeff Goldblum's filling <laughs> Colin in at the petting zoo by proxy. <laughs> Just what? you keep giving me new show titles. It's not my fault. We had one show title. It's filling Colin in. That's it. <laughs> it was, but it keeps it's evolving. Right. Okay. <laughs> and anyway, yes, I agree. Is that just are... a reflection of the galaxy evolving, Ben? Complete <laughs> <laughs> your own trail. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the way it's evolving, it also makes me prefer intelligent design. <laughs> Actually, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Don't trust me on that one. No. Because anybody who thinks it was an intelligent to design the human reproductive organs have oh. got another thing coming. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about that kind of slightly controversial thing, uh, did you see in real life news that the galaxy is a bit like a bent pancake as no. opposed to being flat? So oh, having a flat Earth isn't enough. We have to have a flat galaxy now. Well, we don't. We well, don't no, have we a don't. flat we've galaxy. Got a pring- we've got a Pringle galaxy. Huh, yeah, interesting. Still, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, sorry, just a, a slight aside there. It's I, weird talking about yeah, I read exactly the same thing earlier, Ben. It was very interesting. Should that be pissing Planet Zoo? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is, this oh, is okay. getting out of okay. hand. Has um, anyone right. actually ordered Planet Zoo, by the way? Just as an aside, anyone going to be playing that or, or pre-ordered? No, it actually looks good. I think I love one of the reasons why the the shiny sidey hasn't been progressing is because my son has got hold of um, the Jurassic Park game on the Xbox, and he loves his dinosaurs, 
and I cannot get on the Xbox at all. <laughs> so, so there, there is a genuine reason why that's not happening. Um, so, yeah, I don't think um, that really appeals because, I don't know. Oh, Roller coasters, I, I can see why. Dinosaurs, I can see why. Zoo? The thing is, and this is what this is what I sort of found, because I, I asked about it again um, at LaveCon. The thing <laughs> that puts me off, and this poor Zach was horrified at my suggestion, is if you're supposed to be a safari park simulator, why can't you, like, run over monkeys in it? It's not a safari um, park simulator, crucially. And if you... If you you go to very road, different safari parks to me, mate. Yeah, but the thing is, though, the thing <laughs> is, when you go to a safari park, one of the fears that you have, you take a nice car to a safari park, is, like, the monkeys will jump on it or the bears will pull your bumper off or anything else like that. So why... And I said, why is that going to happen in Planet Zoo? So you're not going to get bears attacking your car or rhinos charging it or being able to run over monkeys and that just kind of puts me off it. Sean, <laughs> what the point are you after? Grand Theft Longleat? What? <laughs> <laughs> Will bears be going after your picnic basket? <laughs> and are they wearing a tie? <laughs> <laughs> I think only, I only, only above average bears. <laughs> I think I could get into Planet Zoo. I'm just looking at it now. It looks uh, like <laughs> the um, well, okay, put it like this. The, um, the the dinosaur game is uh, the the criticism of it. It's I mean it's generally pretty well received, but the criticism of it is that it's uh, of that I've read is consistently that it's a little bit of a missed opportunity and it's not as complex as some of Frontier's other management games. Planet Zoo is their own. It'll be their own IP. It's very much their own. Um, you know, it's not something they're sharing it with anybody. It's not they're not needing to dumb it down for a particular audience. It's very much There's no it. creative like, direction. Yes, exactly. Above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and their yeah. and and their like management game pedigree. So it could be. Um, you say like dinosaurs are more interesting. I agree with you. Dinosaurs are, but this could be a much more complex, interesting. Um, yeah, challenging but game. with Planet Zoo, you can't even feed the guests to the lions. <laughs> you don't know that. You haven't played it. It might be all I about do. feeding I do. To the I, I do, because Frontier said it was all about a happy, wonderful world of zoos and animals and people living in harmony with monkeys and lions and things. It's nothing. Yeah, you true. can't feed any guests. You can't yeah. feed guests to the lions. I mean, well, that's part. Surely that's part of the fun of Jurassic World, isn't it? Where you, yes. where you send all your <laughs> guests into the shelter and you then helicopter in your Indoraptors and the stuff like that around the shelter, then you let them out, you know, let the guests out. So surely that's part of the fun of it, isn't it? Well, yeah, I do know that there, there does seem to be that little bit of vicious virtual streak in all of us who just thinks, right, I've got it working absolutely perfect. Release the Raptor! <laughs> Because I do like one of the reviews that they said in The Guardian, sort of, it's a very good management string, uh, Sim, but until uh, it only really gets interesting when the dinosaurs escape. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, well, again, we've taken the the Thomas the Tank Engine tangent branch line again. So we'll bring things back into line. Um, So we'll talk about what's been happening in the community. Now, at the moment, we can we can now play Elite on a PS Vita. 
Commander Arkbop on Reddit has shown people how to play Elite using remote play on a PS Vita uh, using a mobile hotspot. Uh, well, I've never heard about anything like this, so who'd like to talk about this one? A mobile I, hotspot is like um, it's like wireless internet that's just like around in streets. I, oh, good grief. I know what a mobile hotspot <laughs> is. <laughs> right, okay. a, a PlayStation Vita is this console that Sony <laughs> announced several years before the PlayStation 4. I think it's PlayStation 3 era, but it's a, it's a mobile... It's like a mobile tablet, not tablet. It's like a mobile PC, but really, really tiny, and you f*** around with it. It's got a screen in it, and it's got, like, controllers and things. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's better better than my Nokia 3310, then? Yeah. Basically, I mean... The microphone? There's actually nothing really very swish and fancy that the guys... I don't actually know what gender they are, so the guy or girl is doing here. In uh, one of the features of the PlayStation Vita and the PS4 is that you, um, the Sony have got a thing called Remote Play, which allows you to basically play any PlayStation title on your Vita. So right. as long as your Vita's on, and then it's basically streaming from your PlayStation onto the PlayStation Vita. And this person basically is like, I love my job, I can play Elite while I'm at work. Uh, on my PlayStation Vita using a mobile hotspot because the internet at their office is shit. Tell you what, it's, it's super weird to see a screen like something that's quite complex and challenging like docking on a handheld. Like It's, it's quite jarring to see that. It is weird. I've used Steam in-home streaming to do it to my tablet, which has like the Steam client installed on it, and that can be like the recipient of a Steam streaming session. However... It gives you like four buttons, so it's absolutely <laughs> impossible to do anything productive in it other than, but, you know, shaky handicam videos of, look, I can play on my iPad. Great, but yeah. it's not it's not usable. It's not usable in a useful way. Sure, yeah, well, you could like maybe chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you, Ben, go. If you had an Android tablet and you had a Bluetooth gamepad... You can hook your Bluetooth gamepad onto your Android tablet. Yeah, you totally. Got, say you've got an Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller. Tie that in with your Android tablet. Put on uh, the on the Steam client or use some alternative way of streaming onto your tablet. Um, I was actually I've done this using Shadow, and then basically you're playing using an Xbox controller. There is no tangible difference then between that and playing on an Xbox, PC, really. Yeah, on Xbox. It's yeah. just that obviously you're on a on your tablet rather than on a TV. Well, that's that's the whole idea behind these these cheap virtual reality headsets. It's because you're basically streaming all all the uh, all the video information to the headset. And the phone is in, is then passing back mm-hmm. all the looking information about. There's nothing to say that you could you you could actually just use an Xbox controller linked to the phone in order to do that instead of having your hotas in front of you. You could yeah. you could walk around the house playing Elite while walking walking into things and looking very silly. <laughs> um, and thank you, Commander Ventura, for giving me the uh, PlayStation definition of what the PS Vista is. Uh, <laughs> Or Vita, rather. See, I can't even pronounce it. Oh, There's the PlayStation an, uh, Vista. 
Yes. So, um, yes, there is now the new Lave Radio drinking game. Um, you are to take a drink whenever I mispronounce something. You are to take a drink when Shan ever mentions something to do with a certain game that <laughs> has the word wars and guild in them with the number two, but rearrange <laughs> it into that order. Anytime Ben makes some kind of innuendo. Basically, anytime Ben <laughs> says anything. And any time Colin mispronounces a word. That was the first thing in his list. Uh, and every single time that Shan doesn't hear a bloody word, you say. Well, Shan's just reassuring it because every time he's mispronouncing. Next week, Dave Radio Feud Wars. I was too busy playing Guild Wars 2, Colin. You're not playing Shan's Luke. Actually, Every time Sean, uh, Shan says that he was talking to someone yeah. here at the bar. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say, yeah. And he was playing yeah. Guild Wars 2 with Dab Scott at, um, Dab Stott at um, Lavecon. <laughs> Actually, Dab doesn't play Guild Wars 2. Um, <laughs> I bet you asked him, didn't you? So, um, basically, at this point, Adam you should be drunk. <laughs> yeah, don't be shit-faced. So, we've now got to work on, on uh, Kurgle and Silverine. <laughs> to to see what what we can what quirks we can exploit. <laughs> My, um, well, a couple of couple... nearly needs to mention about being newly married. I think that's his thing. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, ho- yeah, Kurgle and homework. Kurgle and university <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah. Some friends of mine say that uh, whenever Elite comes up, I, uh, I they can't get out of the conversation without hearing me say, "We did an article on that once." <laughs> 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 yeah. Oh, there you that's, go. Yeah, that's their yeah, That's that. That's your. That's your one. Every time Sagittarius I or articles are mentioned. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so um, the infiltration's real, isn't it? That totally took us too long to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, moving back to Elite, and I'm quite glad to see this. Uh, Fangs is back with Mercs. Um, for those of you who are unaware of Fangs, um, it is a comic that is uh, generated. Uh, it's Commander Garius that, that does this, isn't it, Ben? It was certainly Commander Garius who went off and posted it on Reddit. Okay, so is it someone I don't, else? Who does I don't it? want to. I don't know, and I don't want to claim otherwise. Right, well, fair enough. Fangs is Lee Hutchinson and um, Dave. I can't remember his surname. Um, Lee's commander name might be Garriott. I'm not sure. Um, is it the same team as Fangs? Yes, it's the nice. same guys. I think. They're yeah. Okay. So with, this is an yeah. interlude. It'll be uh, between um, episodes of Fangs. Yeah, it'll be it'll be Lee Hutchinson then. I think, and I can't remember the other chap's surname. Yeah, so um, uh, it, 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 the cross uh, the cross referencing with another ED web comic called Mercenary Commander, uh, but um, apparently, unfortunately, that's gone offline for the moment. But um, for those of you who have not seen it, Fangs is 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 a fantastic, uh, very noir comic. I love I love this kind of thing. Yeah, uh, me too. Its aesthetic is absolutely gorgeous. So we'll, we're putting a link in the show notes, uh, and uh, uh, hopefully you will all be able to admire it. We are not going to spoil it. Because, no, it's uh, very good. Yes. So, and this moves us on to probably the, one of the most important bits. Uh, uh, 
that we can talk about this week. Um, unfortunately, for those of you who uh, it's it's been a bit hard to to miss this this story, um, Commander Michael Hollyrand, who sadly passed away in May this year, uh, young chap of age th- of fifteen. Um, those of you will remember that Drew uh, wrote an ebook for him uh, as part as as uh, you know to uh, to help him uh, deal with his situation and that has now been turned into a personalized audiobook that was created for him by the combined efforts of Drew the Frontier the voice actors at Frontier and the community so it was Michael's wish that this audiobook uh, be made available to the community so we could all enjoy it. And they've also taken the additional step of publishing it in ebook formats as well. And we will supply the link where you can download it for, from. Uh, they are suggesting donations to Cancer Research UK in memory of Michael. Uh, now, one of the things we do have is we do have some video and um, uh, audio, obviously, from LaveCon where... Um, uh, Michael's uncle uh, gave a rather impassioned speech, and uh, we'd like to play that for you now. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, guys. Um, I promise I won't keep you for long. I appreciate you've all been stuck here for a while, but um, and I'm going to be an amateur and read from my phone. Um, so I was I was kindly invited here along with my my nephew Nathan. Um, following recent events that you may have read about in, in recent social media coverage. In case you haven't, let me give you a quick TLDR. Um, I'm, also, um, I'm also uncle to Commander Michael Holyland, um, Nathan's older brother, who died in May this year after six years of illness. But don't worry, it's not my intention to get everyone on a downer. I know sort of this is meant to be a celebration this weekend. Um, I, I think Michael's story has generated enough tears anyway, but... I'm hoping to achieve the opposite, um, to try and focus on the positives. So um, throughout his years of illness, gaming was a lifeline for, for um, a boy who was, from the age of nine, he'd spent much of his time stuck in hospital or at home, unable to enjoy a normal childhood. Um, but, um, most of all, Elite Dangerous became a vital common ground that allowed Michael, Nathan and I to have fun together. Um, instance in permitting and he could <laughs> sorry <laughs> and, and so he could transcend his illness and, and become commander michael holyland so the primary reason for me asking for a few minutes of your time today was to say thank you when i shared michael's plight online back in may um, the community outreach was incredible I still remain genuinely a little nonplussed by the, the generosity and empathy of a group of strangers. As I've written elsewhere, the burden of trying to keep Michael buoyant in his last days was made infinitely more manageable by everyone from the community, from Frontier and beyond. And, and as I said to Zach and Ben earlier, in times past, communities were built around churches. Now, often they're built around games. And this community is a testament to the fact that they can be wonderful and empathic and, and generous. So thank you all. You are a credit to gaming communities. In particular, I'd like to thank Zach, Paige and Sally for coming to the hospital and really putting a spring back into Michael's step 
with the swag, the in-game gifts, and, and most importantly, your time. Although Michael would probably say it was mostly the swag. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings me to my final round of thanks. I want to talk about Michael's story. Not the story of a boy from Norfolk, but the space pilot from the Amber system. On top of everything, in an incredible act of generosity, creativity, and some, quite frankly, God-level organisation and time management, Zach masterminded the creation of a 40-minute, professionally written, acted and edited mini-audio book all about Michael's adventures in Elite, from beginning to end, and he did it in less than three days. Drew Wagar authored the entire 7,000-word script in a day, which I still maintain is not possible by normal humans. <laughs> I think he hurt his knee in the process, though. <laughs> I don't know how he writes. <laughs> like I said, he's not human. Um, in the story, Drew's brilliant writing works on multiple levels, managing to effortlessly be a fun adventure that delighted a 15-year-old autistic boy, while simultaneously touching deeper, bittersweet notes with a subtlety and sensitivity that is appreciated by the rest of the family. Those words were done absolute justice with stunning deliveries from some familiar voices in the acting talents of Richard Reed, Jay Britton and Amelia Tyler. And I believe channeling his inner Stan Lee, a cameo from Drew. It was all put together with Polish and Panache by Joe Hogan. And I want to give a huge thank you to them all for being so talented, so generous and so available. The story was presented to Michael as a personal gift to keep by Zach and Paige on the day before he died. Michael loved it. It was an incredible gift created by many for one. But it was Michael's wish to give back to the community that gave him so much. So as of this afternoon, I'd like, on Michael's behalf, to give Michael's story back to the elite dangerous community with eternal gratitude. I'll share the YouTube link on Twitter as soon as I'm finished here, and I'm hoping to arrange a charity pay-what-you-want download kind of thing for the original audio, which I'll announce later. But first, I'd like to play you a couple of quick clips. The first is showcasing the villain of the story, one of the three characters played by the talented Amelia Tyler, and the second, a more sombre moment. Before I do, I need to apologise for the quality of the very last-minute video component. I spent yesterday pillaging the internet for vaguely appropriate images to accompany the audio. It's my hope that the community may be able to improve on that, and I'd love to talk to folk about that afterwards if that's not pushing, the, pushing my luck. In any case, once again, a heartfelt and abiding thank you to everyone. You make gaming important. Well, thank you. Another message was hanging on the system. Equipment shut down, its signature cold and invisible against the blackness of space. Its hull was painted with an aggressive shark-tooth livery. The panels scored with laser blast wounds from many encounters. A python. And not just any python. A pirate's python. Heavily engineered for the task of plundering other ships. This one had a fearsome reputation. Few escaped from under the guns of the Falchion. Like its reptile namesake, it waited for prey to wander close. Then it struck and killed. Its pilot had managed a scan of the orca before it dropped out of range. A passenger liner, potentially stocked up with all sorts of interesting cargo. And once Jezebel Shim made up her mind, nothing could change it. She licked her lips. 
harvest time. A great many commanders are dangerous. A few more have earned the classification deadly. Some even achieve the accolade of elite. But every commander has to blaze their own trail and find their own path. Some can be satisfied that they made a difference, made a tough choice, persevered when the odds were against them and the situation bleak. Bravery and courage, unbowed in the face of overwhelming odds. That's the way of the truly elite. That's Michael's story. Um, yeah, I think I'm probably going to struggle to speak here, having followed Michael's story, but uh, a massive thank you to Matt for, for coming along and sharing that. And again, uh, I'm sure, like everybody else in this room, I'm feeling immensely proud to be part of the Elite Dangerous community today. And I know that all of our thoughts are, are with Michael, uh, wherever he's now flying. So, yeah, a, a massive thank you to the community, a massive thank you to Matt. I really do appreciate you all. And welcome back. Uh, so, yes, um, uh, damn onions. So, uh, <sighs> like I said, we will <laughs> we will supply the link in the show notes where uh, people can uh, uh, can download and make a donation. So, uh, before we continue on with any shout-outs, um, does anybody have any final business or any questions from the community that would that they'd like us to address. Well, Commander Hawkus Alpha is asking if I have any cargo capacity. Well, um, we know that we know that um, Commander Shan has the capacity for 25 void opals that he's willingly uh, wanting to, to give up for, well, for some reason. Well, I want to have a chat about that because it's not going to get claimed so long as Ben keeps staying in private group. I'm not it's, in private I'm group, I'm in open. Uh, you weren't, because I was in your system about four times. And when I looked at my friends list, oh, right. it said oh. you were in private group. So I only got, came I, back into it when I got back into late. Uh, yeah, so I call shenanigans on this. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in open now with Hocus Alpha. And um, who else is here again? Someone else is here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, Commander Miggles is here. That's it. <laughs> Apparently I killed Kogel. How did I kill you, Kogel? You didn't kill me. I was in a different system. That's what I thought, but it says here you killed Kogel. You Brutal. bastard. So yeah, you I was it. stalking you across ten systems <laughs> then as you were jumping. So, and uh, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't see you in open at all. And then I looked at my friends list and Ben, private group. I thought, yeah, what a chicken. So, so is that now up at 30? Um, void opals. <laughs> no, because no one's actually. Because if, if, if you can't kill him, then, you know, he's kind of a bit. You need to be open, really, to, be, to make I it better. I'm open. Yes. Miggles. With three, with three other people. Miggles, shoot me, please. No, no, I can't be Miggles. It has to be someone. Because basically, 
Oh, no, go on, Chew. Anyway. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Ben is wanted in 10 systems. <laughs> you'll be careful. No, he'll be dead. No. Um... Yeah, but Nick was shot first, not Ben. <laughs> Nick was shot first. Don't. Uh... No, I'm, I'm not going to... I'm, now I've got a whole load of robot chicken sketches going through my head, so I've got to walk away from that. Uh, yeah, Commander Witherspoon has been uh, on the line saying that uh, he spoke to Matt at length after all the, uh, the discussions with Michael, and it was it was wonderfully positive that... Uh, of something that... It, it, oh, hang on, let me say... Let me just say that a lot of consolation was taken... Uh, from from the way the community reacted, which uh, I suppose is, is a silver lining at best. Um, so, no other questions? Okay, well, in that case, uh, I mean, our sister station, Capital Radio, that broadcasts on a Thursday at half past eight. You can tune in at tv.forthemug.com or if you just want the audio, it's radioforthemug.com. Um, we do... We are very, very thankful that they haven't invented smell-o-vision yet because apparently Cubicle 3 is overflowing again. Uh, maybe that's something that they could do for a CG. Um, Cubicle 3 has evolved and there are organisms escaping and you have to shoot them down. <laughs> that just sounds like our after-show cleanup. That's like a second job. Smell-o-vision? Is that like a speaking spell? Oh, look, tumbleweed. Uh, for the discerning commander who likes it you can check out the CQC discord at discordme.elitedangerousCQC and I must admit uh, I did like the idea um, a couple of weeks I think it was last week you mentioned that we could have uh, some uh, CQC guys on to to describe how things are there because I know the the people at Powerplay did have to uh, did have a few things to say, so it'd be might Yeah, it'd be good. The um, the, I think the uh, there's what people don't realize about CQC is a there is a um, there is much more of a community than uh, than people give them credit for. There's there are regular CQC players, some of whom only play CQC, who all know each other. They're very supportive. They're they're, they're all about you know they're they're very collaborative. They want to improve each other's skills, but that but not in a not in an I'm better than you way, more in a kind of, um, yes. yeah, sort of like a, a positive Striving way. Striving for personal excellence. Exactly, yes. Um, and um, uh, and also that um, it's it's not, uh, I guess, linked to that, it, that they're quite keen to emphasize that um, they're not all about bloodthirsty PvP. Um, it's um, It really is a, a, a fun, pleasant community to be part of. And it would be cool to give them a bit of focus um, and to chat to them. So possibly in the future, we ought to get them on the show. Yeah, I've had uh, three, four pings from their Discord, even while uh, we've been on air. So um, ah. it just goes to show you that the community there is actually quite active. Um, I don't think how see I don't 
know how CQC could work without that Discord. Um, but um, it, they do supply and they do look after people on Xbox and PS4 as well. They're not just restricted to PC. So um, just to, to give them a, a bit of a shout. Um, well, also thanks to everybody who has chipped in and uh, made useful contributions on the Twitch chat stream. As usual, your insights scare us. Uh, <laughs> uh, so cheers guys I mean that's great um, so uh, you're away next week aren't you Ben so we'll we'll, we'll have no, our innuendo uh, you've got an innuendo in your end of free week in your end- for the rest of the month <laughs> and, and in your end oh yeah. god so for the rest of the month you, you'll be in your end of free oh hell so yes ah uh, I guess on that phrase, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com. Hit us up on Lave, uh, uh, <laughs> hit us up on facebook.com slash Lave Radio. Tweet us at Lave Radio. Uh, you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io Lave Radio. We have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat. You can find that at teamspeak.laveradio.com. And it is used, it is quite popular, regardless for the fact it's TeamSpeak. Um, do get in touch if you have any questions or if any, there is anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Wave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, 8.30 um, and is streamed out at laveradio.com slash live if you'd like to, uh, if you want to join us. And, well, thanks to Ben. Thanks to uh, Souverine. Thanks to Shan. Thanks to Commander Kurgel. And uh, special thanks to uh, today's tech specialist of Commander Ventura. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News, provided by Commander Witherspoon. Not Zach.
Alnet News Digest, 6th of August, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Argent's claim is false. The code goes to the bank. Disaster spells massive rework for EDSM. Nameplates are back, but they're fuzzy. Argent's claim is false. The romance between the founding members of the Alliance was a politically inspired lie, according to a challenging new film. Premiering at the leasty stop of the controversial Alliance Festival of Culture, Hal Raskin's film Unity shows Mick Turner and Meredith Argent, who between them founded and ran Argent Aerodynamics Amalgamated Incorporated, and who together enabled Alioth to throw off the shackles of domination by the Empire and Federation and to found the Alliance of Independent Systems, as deadly rivals who couldn't stand each other. According to the official biographies, Argent and Turner were lifelong partners and close friends. But many believed it was more than just friendship, and it was the charisma of the campaigning couple that helped stoke up the political movement and the people's militia that rejected outside control and led to the founding of the Alliance. Argent, the wealthy heiress turned revolutionary leader, and Turner, the adventurer and explorer, made for a great backstory and helped create an identity for the fledgling alliance. The premiere of Unity, which was appropriately held at George Lucas Station, shows a harsher reality with Argent and Turner battling for control over the shipbuilding facilities at New Resythe Shipyard and working against each other. This gritty film shows Turner being attacked and killed by a wing of INRA operatives who'd been tipped off by Argent, which is about as iconoclastic as you can get. Although it's hard to know where reality ends and fiction begins, Unity is a hard-hitting docudrama that may make its audience question just how soft and fluffy the Alliance really is. The code goes to the bank. Those ne'er-do-well pirates in the code have finally worked out where the galaxy keeps its money. In a tersely worded statement, Commander Neo-Tantrix of the Code declared the home of the Alliance Rapid Response Corps, ARC for short, to be under attack, adding YAR for good measure. The Code's YAR team are believed to be attacking the ARC because of the ARC's actions to defend pilots trying to reach Professor Palin in the ARC system in defiance of the code's earlier blockade there. Anyone entering Zeance will apparently be destroyed by the code. It is presumably a complete coincidence that the Bank of Zeance is where all the credits in the galaxy are held, in huge underground vaults beneath the surface of the planet of industry. The credits are never allowed out of the vaults, but are used to guarantee the electronic currency, also called credits, that are used in everyday commerce. Whoever controls those vaults, with all the credits in them, controls the galaxy. Yar. 
Disaster spells massive rework for EDSM. It may only be 13.5 billion years old, but according to a recently rediscovered paper by the Royal Astronomical Society from the early 21st century, the writing is already on the wall for the Milky Way galaxy. In as little as 1,999,998,714 years, our satellite nebula, the Large Magellanic Cloud, will collide with the Milky Way, destroying millions of star systems, catapulting many others out of the galaxy or into the core, where they will be devoured by the Sagittarius A-star supermassive black hole. The resultant mess is likely to lead to many years of extra work for those maintaining the EDSM star map as virtually every star will be in a new position or will be missing entirely. As by that time the entire galaxy will have been mapped, the time required for that being a trifling 38,000 years, that will be an awful lot of coordinates to remap. But on the bright side, it should lead to some really spectacular stellar fireworks. Nameplates are back, but they're fuzzy. Following last week's mysterious loss of the ability to buy nameplates or name ships, widely attributed to Thargoid Black Ops, this week it's all forms of glasses and other optical aids that have been removed from the stores. So, although nameplates are back, you may have trouble reading them. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Nay, nay.